Please be seated and join with me in a moment of prayer. Loving and most holy God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here this morning and open our hearts and minds as we reflect on your word. Teach us to love you, one another, and all our neighbors with our hearts, minds, souls, and all that we are. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning. And thank you again for welcoming me into worship here in this sacred space. For anyone who I didn't get to meet earlier, let me just very quickly tell you that my name is Maggie Carr. I'm a lay servant with preaching credentials in the Connecticut District of the United Methodist Church. And I feel incredibly blessed to be here this morning. In this place, the microphone is new to me, so let me very quickly check with the people in the back row. Wave if you can hear me. Thank you. Thank you. When I found out that I was going to be preaching here this morning, I wanted to find some really wonderful slides to enhance our worship time together. So I went online and I googled slides for worship. Imagine my surprise when the first thing to appear under slides for worship was a line of pictures of playground type slides, slides that a family might want to have for the backyard to make it more fun for the children. And I thought, why did Google think we needed playground slides for worship? And then I began to think, what would it be like if we had playground slides for worship? Can you imagine the space in the aisles and in the back of the church and between the altar rail and the first pews all filled with playground slides? And can you imagine all of us climbing up and sliding down? Some of us would be laughing and giggling a little bit at this rediscovered pleasure from childhood. Some of you I know would be kneeling at the foot of the slide, eyes filled with love, encouraging a child who had climbed up to the top of the ladder, gotten to the top and looked down and thought, oh, this is going to be a really scary trip. And some of you, I would hope, would be encouraging those of us who would cheerfully climb up the ladder and thought, oh, I haven't done this for a long time. I wonder if I can still get my legs facing downward to go down the slide. Slides for worship. I wonder if maybe 
time spent in a loving community on a playground or with slides might actually be something of a worshipful, worshipful experience in itself. Obviously, the word slide has many meanings, and the word love has many more. We talk about loving the latest movie we saw, or our favorite food, or our new pair of shoes. We talk about the love among the members of our families. We talk about romantic love. We've been taught by songs and movies and books and poetry that pervade our culture that love is blind, that there is or perhaps there is not such a thing as love at first sight, that the course of true love rarely runs smooth, that love will break our hearts. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus commanded his disciples to love one another as he had loved them. And in speaking this commandment, he was talking about a different kind of love than we typically talk about in our everyday conversations. He was talking about loving as he loved, with an eternal... He was talking about loving with profoundly deep compassion, becoming vulnerable to the world's pain and hungering for justice. He was talking about the kind of love that led him to eat with outcasts and sinners, prostitutes, the unclean, the impure, the unloved. He was talking about the kind of love that led even Jesus to stretch the boundaries of his own love. He was talking about the kind of love described in 1 Corinthians 13, the kind of love that is patient and kind, that isn't jealous or rude, or even irritable, that doesn't keep a record of complaints, the kind of love that puts up with all things, hopes for all things, endures all things. Jesus was talking about the kind of love that never fails. Jesus was talking about the kind of love that comes from God, the kind of love that seems almost impossible to describe. As important as it is to attempt to grasp the kind of love that Jesus was talking about, it is important to understand the timing of this commandment. Jesus was talking with his disciples at the Last Supper. He had washed all of the disciples' feet every disciple, including Judas. And then, although all the disciples didn't understand this at the time, had let it be known that Judas was going to go out and betray him. After this dinner, he would go to the garden to pray. He would ask disciples to be in prayer, to be awake, and they would fall asleep. 
Peter would deny three times before morning that he had ever met Jesus. It was going to be difficult for the disciples to love each other and frankly to love themselves after all these kind of disappointing things had happened. Yet, yet it was at this very time when Jesus commanded his disciples to love. It was at this very time when Jesus knew that his earthly ministry was coming to an end when he wanted to tell his disciples just a few very, very important things that he absolutely wanted them to remember, the first thing he said was, love one another, love one another as I have loved you. Love one, and he wanted them to love one another as fully and as deeply as he had loved them. We are reminded by today's reading from the book of Acts, that we are called to share God's love well beyond our own families, our own small community of faith. A couple of years ago at Christmas, my son-in-law Russell gave me a little book called Being Disciples, Essentials of the Christian Life, written in 2016, by Rowan Williams, a former Archbishop of Canterbury. I've turned to this book often when struggling with the question about how 21st century disciples are called, how I am called, to live out Jesus' commandment to love as Jesus loved. Rowan Williams describes discipleship as a state of being. Discipleship is a state that incorporates staying and seeing. Rowan Williams said, to get some perspective on the biblical sense of the disciple's identity means first and foremost the simple willingness to be consistently, consistently in Christ's company. Discipleship has a non-intermittent quality. It is more about who we are or what we become than it is something we do from time to time. We stay with Christ or abide with Christ when we meet together as we are this morning, when we read scripture more deeply when we cultivate a degree of inner stillness. As disciples, we are ready to learn deeper levels of attentiveness to all people, places, and things. We look at everything with what Rowan Williams calls the eye of expectancy, waiting for something of God to blossom within it, looking and waiting for the light to break through. We become attentive to where Jesus is going, keeping company with those he is with. We become willing to bring an active 
and transfiguring love into this situation of expectancy. Rowan Williams said, being disciples means being called to see others from the perspective of an eternal and unflinching, unalterable love. Being disciples means being called to see others from the perspective of an eternal and unflinching, unalterable love. Some of the people whose company we keep will be unexpected. There'll be people we might not otherwise get to know. The kind of people Jesus spent time with. How might it be if we, as 21st century disciples, reach out with love in everyday life? There's an old Facebook post, a couple of years old anyway, from the Bangor, Maine Police Department that has offered what is for me a memorable example of how reaching out in love might work. They posted, the man had holes in his sneakers. He was walking up Hammond Street in the sleet, slush and rushing water. When you walk uphill and the water is flowing downhill, it is better to have your soles attached to your shoes. His were not. Probably hundreds of people drove by him. Hundreds looked at him. But how many people actually saw him? Dawn did. She called us, the Bangor Police Department. She offered to purchase a pair of boots for the man. She hoped that we might find him and speak to him. The man who was cold had now been seen. Officer Jermaine Walker located the man a short time later on a side street, still walking, still cold and wet, old sneakers with flapping soles and socks that you and I would have thrown out a long time ago. Walker brought the man back to the station to get him warmed up a bit. Walker was well aware that we had been overrun with donated socks this year, simple gifts from local businesses, TJ Maxx, Winterport Boot, local people, and people from far away. Walker helped the man find appropriate socks for the season and gave him a pair of his own boots to tide him over until the other boots could be secured. They fit nicely. We are all more alike than we are different. What you might not understand about folks that live on the street is that they don't typically ask for help. Sometimes they just need to be seen. Sometimes they just need to be seen. Dawn, the woman in this story, was attentive 
and saw the man whose feet were getting so terribly wet. Officer Walker was expectant and believed he would find the man and be able to help. And together, they brought about what I think Rowan Williams would consider God-shaped change in the life of this man who discovered that there are indeed people in this world who care, people who love others as Jesus loved his disciples and as God loves each and every one of us every day. Sometimes, strengthened by the love of this community, we go out from this place and share God's love as individuals. Sometimes we will reach out as church communities like you do with Unity House. However we are called to share, let us reach out and let us spread God's love as Jesus commanded. Amen. Amen. Our hymn of response is we are called number 2172 in the Black hymnal or please be seated. As our response to the word this morning, we will share in the the creed the statement of faith on in our hymnal on page eight eighty three. Please join in with me. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and in others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We call to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to live with respect in creation, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. Life in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now it's time when we share in prayer. With great thanks to the ushers who clearly mark this week's prayer in the book. Prayers um, for Jeff Tatro, who is ill, and travel mercies for Corky and Mike as they travel to Virginia. May God in his mercy grant prayers to Jeff and grant safety and healing to Corky and Mike and to Jeff. And I was here last week. I saw John bravely draw a random prayer from the prayer jar. 
someone whose writing is a lot like mine, and I can't read it either. <laughs> oh, yeah. God bless everyone in my family. And it's from the Cogreco family. And I love how I keep, by total coincidence, pulling out the ones with heart on this day we're talking about love. Oh, and please help my daughter Erica to be well. And I can't read it all, but for Erica, prayers to be well. Please join me in a word of prayer. Loving and most holy God, we lift up the people who have been named in prayer this morning and all of those who are in our personal unspoken prayers, all of those who are in our hearts and minds today. We thank you for your unfailing and abiding love. And we ask you to continue to watch over each of us throughout the day and week and months ahead as we prepare to join in singing the prayer that Jesus taught. We give our thanks. There are many ways to love, and now we do so with the gifts of our hands. Let us share our tithes and our offerings.
And now, let us join together in reading our charge to keep for the week. Jesus could not be clearer. It is not by our theological correctness, nor by our moral purity, not by our impressive knowledge that everyone will know we are his disciples. It is by our loving acts, acts that point to the love of God for the world. Jesus taught us how to show love. Let us go out from this place ready to love as Jesus loved. And so, my friends, let us go out this week remembering that God loves each and every one of us every minute, every day. May the peace of Christ that passes all understanding be in your hearts and minds this week and always. Amen.